Hello and welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Hal, and today's a big boy of an episode. I got two returning guests. James, William, make yourselves heard so it doesn't sound like I'm talking to myself. No, fuck you. Nah. Okay. I don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Uh, welcome back, boys. This is your both your second episode on the podcast. How does it feel? Pretty epic. I feel like a million bucks. You could say Damn. it's groovy. Hmm. Ooh. You could say that, indeed. I don't say that, but that's just because I'm different. Anyway, uh, yeah, good, good reference there, William. Let's talk about a groovy movie. Uh, one of the movies we're talking about today Scooby-Doo and the is... Alien Invaders. That's a groovy movie. Ooh. <laughs> Shit, wrong... Oh, fuck, I watched the wrong movie. I watched The Evil Dead instead. Oh, oh shit, so did man. I. Oh, fuck. man. Ah, uh, me too. How did we all make that mistake? Uh, I guess we gotta talk about that, then. Let's just make this an Evil Dead episode, I guess. Okay. Uh, why not just talk about all three of them? Yeah, yeah, why not? The first Evil Dead is the only one where he doesn't say groovy, though. Man. Oh. SMH. We're can't off even, to a great start. Can't even watch the right Evil Dead movie. Yeah. Man. It, in any case, we all watched uh, The Evil Dead, 1981. The Evil Dead. There, this is not the 2013 Evil Dead. The we're not talking about dead. that. No, we're not mm. talking about that. So we're talking about The Evil Dead, one of Sam Raimi's first movies. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, click off this episode and go watch it. But anyway, for all of you who do know, as you know, it's a movie about a bunch of college kids who go to a cabin... They find a book, release a couple demons, and hijinks ensue. William, what what, what was your uh, experience with The Evil Dead? How did you discover it? Uh, just like when you look into like horror stuff, you like obviously like in terms of the eighties, you usually get like a lot of the slasher stuff first. Like you see Freddy, you see Jason, you see Michael and Leatherface, which technically was the seventies, but you know the usuals. You mm-hmm. go then you go like just a little bit deeper under the there. That's when you see, like, Evil Dead and some, like, Hellraiser and some of the other still popular but not quite as popular ones. Like, Mm -hmm. mostly because, like, Evil Dead isn't really a slasher at all anyway, but, like, he usually gets included in, like, the big horror icons. Yeah, that's definitely true. James, what was your uh, introduction to Evil Dead? Uh, Honestly, it was because William gave me all three of the movies for our podcast, Shiny Cast, but then then we we ended up... uh, yeah, we didn't talk about, uh, we didn't do a shiny cast for, like, months after I watched the movies, so we forgot to include them. So then I said, uh, fuck it, we'll just talk to Hal and do it on his instead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad we're doing it, because I freaking love the Evil Dead trilogy, so, like, I really do appreciate that I get to talk about them. So, I can't really remember the first time I watched the Evil Dead, it probably i was probably about 17 or 18 just because i remember seeing them around on the internet just people talking about how awesome they are and i was like oh i gotta watch more movies so like i think in one weekend i saw the entire trilogy and i was instantly hooked so much so that one day i bought all of them on dvd and Obviously, I've kind of upgraded with some of these movies, but I still have the same Evil Dead DVD that I bought. Um, I can't remember when or where. It might have been at my local shop. might have been at Target. I don't know, but I have it on this simple DVD from like 
2009. It looks pretty good on DVD, honestly, even though it could look nicer on uh, 4K Blu-ray, but there's a reason I don't have it on Blu-ray. William, do you want to explain why? Uh, From what I can understand is that as the years went on, when they were doing the restorations, they tweaked some of the effects to make it a little more professional. So, like, they edited out, like, a guy who was just standing at the side of the scene for one time. Uh, They Mm -hmm. fixed one of the Mm -hmm. matte paintings for the moon. Because the movie, like, just, like, go into, like, production briefly. Like, we'll get more into this. Um, Sam Raimi was 20 years old when he made this film. He was doing this, like, in breaks in school. They had, like, a grand total, like, 80,000 bucks to make this thing. So, like, the, they they were only did short films before this that were comedies. They didn't really have the feature film experience that they were still learning. So, like, there's a lot of rough stuff originally. And since the movie now has a reputation and there's more money put behind it, they special editioned it a little. Uh, I don't think George it's as it. egregious as, like, those. Because, like, in those, like, in putting, like, entire other scenes, entire dialogue, this is... Yeah. They just... Oh, we changed the map painting to look like the actual moon. Yeah, and mm. I mean that that moon, like that's one of my favorite aspects of the movie is the fact that the moon is so obviously edited in in post production because it's like mm. clipping over the trees. Like I love that. That's awesome, and you can obviously see like the tubes spewing blood out of like uh, I think it was. Sh- uh, one of the Cheryl fake shamps, like when she gets shot in the face, like you can see the tube like spewing blood out of her cheek. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. That's why I love this movie is because it's so uh, just stitched together. Just like I'm not in it for the story at all. Like mm. I don't know about you guys, the story is quite uh, basic in this movie. Yeah. I think we can all agree. Absolutely. There. I mean, it's basic in all three of them. To be fair, yeah. Exactly, but that's because The Evil Dead is not about its story. Like, what's the main draw of it? It's like, uh, there's a book, and it was written in blood, and it, every time you speak in it, uh, demons. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's as basic as they come. It's but, kind of like a road trip without the trip. You're just getting all it, these obstacles thrown at you, and you're just trying to survive the night. Yeah, like absolutely. Like I think the biggest appeal of the first Evil Dead movie is just how low budget it is and how they were able to make something that's actually like legitimately scary out of it in like mm-hmm. e- even though they were had so many limitations, like I'm still just insanely impressed with like how terrifying it still manages to be in spite of how obviously low budget it is. And like um the the blood effects, like the the stop motion effects are incredible. Like, towards the end, like, the claymation and the makeup, like, so many technical aspects of this movie just astound me, considering how, again, Raimi was 20 when he made this. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> and, th- yeah, they didn't have much money at all. It was just some friends, like, making a movie together, and, well, like, it looks this good. You want me to tell everything. you how they got the money to make the movie? How? So, basically, uh, what they did, uh, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, I think, like, the other guy, I, I forget the name, uh, basically just straight up called as many people as they knew that had, like, expendable funds, like, or business owners up, and that could potentially invest, and showed them a rough, a short film called, I think it was, like, uh, God, it was not a Night in the Woods, but, like, The Wind in the Woods or something. Do you remember what the name of that was? 
I no. Is it okay. like uh, Raimi's like first short film or something? It was like the. Uh, it was like kind of like a pilot, kind of like this is the kind of movie we're going to be making. So they would show them that short to say, "Hey, here's what we're kind of trying to make. You want to invest in this so that we can make a movie." And they just did oh, that it to like within every- the woods. Yeah, within the woods. Within the woods, yeah. Okay, so yeah, oh, it was nice. like yeah, it's like a half hour long. Yeah, okay. I still I still should watch that. Yeah, they just like it's, prob- it's probably not good, but mm-hmm. you know, it's Evil Dead. It's the pro prototype Evil Dead. Yeah. Beta like Evil they, Dead. apparently, like Bruce Campbell even said, like yeah, at one point we went to like a grocery store after hours, like after hours, like the people who were stocking the store and showed them the rough cut of that and said, hey, you guys want to invest? They did that yeah. to like everybody they could, they could, and they got like eighty five uh. grand out of it and shot this thing. The original production was gonna be like six weeks of shooting over in like December, mm-hmm. and it went over schedule and over budget really quickly. Uh, basically, like you know, you know the reason why the movie basically just turns into the ass show at the end because everyone fucking left <laughs> except for Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Like we mentioned so, the term fake shemp earlier. Do you want to, James? Do you know what a fake shemp is? No, I do not. Uh, basically, <laughs> have you ever noticed there were like scenes where like you would only see like the back of a character or like only like their arms or anything? Mm-hmm. Basically, um, people left the production and you did weren't there for some reshoots and scenes they needed them. So oh. you know what you do? You know what you do for that? You just grab another guy, have them put on their costume, and film them from the back. Yep. There yeah. you go. I'll- a lot of yeah, a lot of characters. Even like Sam Raimi himself did some some of that stuff because like I know there's like a shot there's a shot where uh, Scotty the other guy character is like trying to find Shelly and there's a scene where like his hand goes in front of like a shower curtain to like pull it back. That arm is Sam Raimi's. Like yeah. it's not the actual actor's, but like uh. it's edited in a way where it looks like it is his arm pulling the shower curtain back. The production yeah. for the film was kind of a mess, if you could believe it. <laughs> Whoa, it's almost I like it was it. just a bunch <laughs> of college students. Yeah. I, I mean, even with its, like, shoestring budget and the fact that it, like, you hear this horse, the horror stories behind the scenes of how it just came together, like, it still looks like it came together relatively well. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because it's just a very simple movie. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta get clever about how you film it. Like, the the iconic Evil Dead camera that's, like, the famous POV shot just of, like, the spirits rushing for the woods. You just take, I know, you that's take, awesome. You yeah, take the camera, you mount it to a board, and you just have some guy run with it. And it looks better than just holding the camera raw, because, like, then you're, it's gonna, the camera's gonna feel every individual movement of your hands. You mount it to a board, there's more resistance, it looks a lot cleaner. Right. You just gotta get yeah. clever how you film it. The all the stuff with the trees, it's just a simple reverse photography. You just, you just, you just film them the other way around. Like instead of the plants rushing towards someone, it's just you just film them actually taking them off, but then you just reverse the footage so it looks like they're getting entangled. Yeah, right. yeah. There's a lot of like excellent technique for like a college kid just starting out. Like you can see Sam Raimi's like natural talents even this early on in his career. It's really cool. One of the things I like with low budget is that like. You have to actually solve the problems. You don't have the money to do everything possible. So you got to figure out a workaround. You got to get creative with how you do it. And it also, like, even though he's, like, discovering, like, ways of being creative, like, he in in turn is, like, creating the style that he would uh, go on to use in, like, his actual high-budget stuff, like Spider-Man and stuff like that. And also, 
the kind of style that makes Evil Dead what it actually is. Because I realized this while watching these movies. Without Sam Raimi, there is no Evil Dead. Like, you can't mm. really call it Evil Dead if Sam Raimi's not involved in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, it's, you just, it's, a lot of it is just Bruce Campbell being, like, this weirdo just fighting these demons. But, like, you know, it's also the camera angles. It's also the amount of blood, the puppetry and stop motion that looks like puppetry and stop motion. But that's where the charm comes from. Like, that's what makes it so much like the Evil Dead. That's what, that's what makes it pretty much the Evil Dead. Like, that's how you would describe it. It also helps because, like, even when they're still just puppets and stuff, at least it's something that's actually on screen. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That, that's a lot of help. The worst practical effects will always look better than the worst CG. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Why yeah. does the what? Jim Carrey Grinch look better than the cats in the 2019 movie? Because at <laughs> least the Jim Carrey Grinch was a costume <laughs> that was in front of the camera. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way of putting it. At yeah. least Cat in the Hat was still Mike Myers in a costume. That costume yeah. actually existed. Exactly. None of the shit exactly. in Cats was actually there. No. <laughs> uh, that, no, but that's true. Like as funny as it is to compare those two movies, but it's true. Like I'd rather see stuff that's actually there. Um, like yeah. the blood effects in this movie. I mean. I don't even know if I would describe it as even just purely blood effects. Like one of my favorite aspects is whenever the demons are like getting like hit and they'll just have random liquids. Like it's not even just red. Like at one point, Linda, when she's a demon, she just, she just spits out milk. It looks like it's like, that's so gross, but that's, but but that's so gross, but that's awesome. I'm glad that it's not just red. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the black ooze is nice. I, the green gook that comes out of one of them, it's like, why is it randomly... Why is it green now? Well, they ran out of red. Yeah, yeah well, when Scotty's, like, deteriorating as a demon, like, at the very end, like, and it's he's just turning into, like, this green and yellow mush it's like so disgusting but like it looks more gross than if it was just red like that's Mm -hmm. it adds like a unique style to the way that they're just deteriorating it's awesome yeah like the stop motion effects there are just so like strong like even though like a lot of them like don't look realistic but they still look unnatural and creepy and that's what i like love about it like which i love how creepy old-timey stop motion looks Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It fits the movie and its tone so well. Because these are demons from another world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They do not belong here, and they look like they don't belong here. And yeah, some like some of the makeup isn't as good as others. Like Linda's makeup at one point just kind of looks like clown makeup. But then you have like the other demons, which look great. Yeah, exactly. One of my favorite props in this movie, in this movie specifically, is the Book of the Dead, like the Necronomicon itself. Like it actually looks like dead skin is covering the book like it actually looks really really thrown together and that kind of adds to it like it just looks really creepy like you'd find that in the some cabin in the woods and you'd just be creeped out yeah also fun fact the cabin that they were filming at did not actually have a cellar so they just dug a hole in the (laughs) middle of the cabin and just put people in there and then whenever they filmed scenes in the cab the in the cellar it's like some guy's basement in like Michigan, like, you know, miles away from where the cabin actually is. <laughs> well, even go into the cabin, that wasn't even the, where they were supposed to film the movie at first. That the original location they wanted to, 
got booked out or something ahead of time and they just weren't able to use it. So they got an even dingier cabin as a last resort, which didn't even have like heating or electricity. Reminder, they filmed this movie in December and January. Yeah, so it was like really, really cold. I mean, I prefer the cabin in this movie because it genuinely looks like they just happened upon it like in the middle of the woods. Like it doesn't look like... And that's kind of a criticism I have later on for Evil Dead 2. Like the cabin in that movie feels like a movie set which isn't doesn't really work against the movie it's just something i noticed whereas like here in this movie the cabin feels like they're actually filming in some cabin yeah skip ahead a little bit evil dead 2 is basically evil dead 1 with a budget but also in reverse yeah well we'll get to that don't yeah we'll get get to that later (laughs) exactly um well i mean do we have anything else we want to talk about with this this first movie probably i just need to think of what i want to say yeah. Okay. I, that's I guess fine. I'll say that like I like this one fine, not as much as the other two though, and like not by mm-hmm. a long shot. Like I, I still think this one's really good. Like the effects are excellent and everything, and it's actually scary. But like I, I just don't really care about like Ash's friends, or like I'm not mm-hmm. invested in any of them. I'm not really invested in Ash yet either. Like the movie doesn't really have like characterization for them. That that's kind of what. Holds it back a little bit for me compared to Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness, um, but that that's just me. Like I, I, that's one of the reasons I like the other two better. But this one's still very good. No, I definitely agree because um, I remember when I first watched the Evil Dead because I remember thinking like, oh, I, I've heard that Ash is like you know the guy with the chainsaw, and like in this movie he boots up a chainsaw but then never uses it so i was like what the hell like i i was lied to yeah he's very normal in this movie compared to the next two where he just goes wild like to get into it's like there really isn't a main character until the end anyway why does ash become the main character because he's the only one that stuck around long enough because he was best friends with sam raimi yeah right (laughs) because like you watch this in a vacuum without any knowledge you probably would be forgiven for thinking that Scott's the main character because he's the one that's driving them there and everything. But then, obviously, as production moves along, Scott has to die, and then leaving, Bruce becomes the main focus. Well, it's interesting because you say that, like, you know, Scott might have been the one to survive because he's the main character, or, like, any number of the girl characters because, you know, they could have been one of the final girls, which is, like, a trope in horror movies where, like, the last remaining character is, like, one of the girls. And, like... 19 all times out of 20, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, with all that thinking, like, you know, Bruce or Ash is pretty much the one who would have probably died first, but he's the only one who stuck around. So, that's awesome. Yeah. There's also the iconic uh, always trope of Ash always fucking up in having a terrible ending. Because in the first yeah. movie, he survives till morning. Great. Then you remember, oh, wait, we still saw the demons fucking around in daylight. Yeah, so, so one just matter. catches the room at the end anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that's, a great, of... that's a great final shot oh, of, like, yeah, just having it run through the cabin and then go up to Bruce Campbell, and then it just go- cuts to black, and then just, like, the Three Stooges music starts playing. It's awesome. <laughs> it's a great, great ending for the movie. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, oh, well, I guess he does lose anyway. Or does, does he? You don't know. Ooh, find out next time. Uh, like we were saying with uh, the Evil Dead Blu-ray releases, like they're special edition versions, and I honestly, as much as I'd like to have a 4K of this movie, I'm keeping the DVD mostly out of necessity because I want the original version. I want the original, dirty, uh, disgusting, poorly 
made because it was made by a bunch of college kids. Like, that's the version I want. So that's the version I have on this DVD. So I'm keeping it. Do you guys own any physical copies of this movie at all? Uh, James does not own them because, again, he borrowed mine for the podcast. I do just have, like, the standard Blu-ray releases. And, like, my stands are, like, those fixes to the movie don't really bother me as much because it's all just visual effects that, like, half most of those are things you probably won't even notice unless you were told about them. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't no- wouldn't have noticed that there was just a guy standing at the frame of the film until someone would have pointed it out to me. It's not, right. And, like, yeah. granted, for preservation's sake, I think they should at least make those original versions available. And if this was, like, an Arrow release or a Shout release, they absolutely would have kept that on there. But since this is, like, Lionsgate Studio Canal, they're only going to do, like, what they view as the ultimate version. Oh, Lionsgate. When will you have your win? Oh, wait, they made CIA. Never mind. They, they made that. Yeah, they did that Pinocchio movie, remember? They got their win. Oh, my God. Father, they just keep hitting the fucking home when runs. Can I go out on my own? <laughs> Iconic. So, like, those changes don't bother me that much, but for the sake of preservation, you should at least give us the option. And, like, famously, there's, like, a Bruce Campbell commentary for the first movie where he is also, like, telling jokes the whole time and pointing out some of those flaws and like in the restorations because they made those changes those don't apply anymore so they have to omit that commentary track yeah no i need to watch that commentary track it's on this dvd so that's why that's i'm definitely keeping it then so like i would wish that they would like do a version that has every version of it like the actual ultimate version for now i think it's fine enough it's just Mm -hmm. you know preservation sake you should still have that available right yeah I should note that, like, uh, I have that 4K Steelbook set that was released a couple years ago that has Evil Dead 1 and 2 in it. And uh, the Blu-ray is in that set because it has both the 4K and the Blu-ray. I don't have a way to watch 4Ks yet, so I mostly just have it for that to have them in the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are just straight up the reissued Blu-rays from 2009 because, like, they still have, like, <laughs> trailers in front of them for movies that came out in 2009. Oh, my God. <laughs> so only the 4K discs are actually new. And I noticed that there's, like, a bonus feature for, like, the second movie, I think, that's only on the 4K disc because of that. So it's just this is just weird to think about. Because normally all the bonus features are still just on the Blu-rays. Because, like, the 4Ks, you want to have as much room as possible for the best quality film. Because yeah, that's, no, that, that's all that the disc upgrades really are, is just storage space. Yeah, no, I remember you telling me that, how, like, yeah, because they, ha- they don't include the special features at all. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, yeah, granted, it's a much bigger file, so I get it. Yeah, but, like, why know. does Blu-ray look better than DVD? Because DVD is 4.7 gigabytes, Blu-ray is, like, 25. <laughs> that's a pretty big difference. That's yeah. also why DVD menus suck nowadays, because uh, they those fancy menus we all love... Took up a lot of space on the disc, so the movie looks worse. And especially now that we're in the HD digital age, that's going to be more noticeable if it's more pixelated on the DVD, so they have to omit as much as possible. That's also why they had a lot of, like, the bonus features on, like, second discs, because of that exact reason. Yeah, okay. Yeah. My childhood is being explained. Plus, now it all makes sense. Plus, yeah, like, DVDs sense, are so but so little to make nowadays that, like, companies just don't want to put any effort. DVDs are just pure profit, so they're just like, ah, oh, we'll make a DVD for, like, 20 bucks, and we'll make, like, $19 profit. So that's why they're, like, so bare bones. Yeah. No, yeah. that definitely makes sense. 
like I think like I don't know how much storage space 4Ks are, but I think it's also like double what a Blu-ray is. That's also why they're much more expensive and why you don't see too many uh, f- as many things coming out on 4K because like it just costs so much more to do those scans and restorations. And the install base is just so much smaller right now. It's also why you don't see too many TV shows on Blu-ray or, D- or 4K because uh, it's one thing to do a f- an HD scan of a movie because that's just one movie. A TV right. show... That's like multiple fifty goddamn episodes or more. Yeah, yeah. That's why you only get the Ed and Eddie complete series on DVD and not Blu-ray because uh, that is way too much work to do for Blu-ray. And I don't think you want to pay like eighty bucks for Ed and Eddie on Blu-ray. I think you just want to pay the forty bucks for the DVD set. Damn the life the life of a physical copy owner. Uh, so yeah, uh, that was the ultimate experience in grueling terror. So I guess we should talk about the sequel to the ultimate experience in grueling terror. The ultimate experience. I love that. That's the uh, tagline for it on Letterboxd. <laughs> it's on the ba- it was on the back of the DVD too. I used to have, and yeah, like if you well, stay all the way through the credits of both for all three movies, they'll have like that tagline at the end: "The ultimate experience in grueling terror." The sequel to the ultimate experience in grueling terror. The <laughs> ultimate experience in medieval horror. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so, yep, as established, we're, we've moved on to Evil Dead 2. Uh, I have it on a nice Blu-ray from, like, I don't know, 2007. You uh, probably have, but, like, the same one we do. Yeah, well, I like the cover art for this because it's all, like, hand-drawn. and <laughs> It's like Astro like, the boomstick and the chainsaw. Yeah, and then, like, there's just some random lady in a purple shirt, like, making a scary face. It's like, who is that lady? I will say, who is the lady in the first Evil Dead poster? Who's, and in, like, the standard Evil Dead 2 uh, poster, who's the skull with the eyes? Like, who are these people? I think the <laughs> like, lady is supposed to be Linda in the first one. I, it might she be. she gets, like, buried. And I think the skeleton is just because... The skeleton is, like, to illustrate two points... One, that there's more demons and deadites, and two, it looks kind of goofy because the progression Evil Dead of 2 the is series. Very goofy. Yeah, because yeah. you have yeah. Evil Dead 1, which is just a straight horror movie. You have Evil Dead 2, which is a horror movie with heavy comedic elements. And then you have Army of Darkness, which is an action movie with horror elements. Yeah, yeah. like that. I, that's one thing I really like about the Evil Dead trilogy is just how different each movie is in terms of genre and like subgenres, but yeah, I think absolutely. each one of them pulls it off pretty well. So Evil Dead 2, yeah, I think is the one that definitely balances the horror and comedy elements the best just because it's, I mean, so like we said, it's pretty much just a remake of the first movie. Like, it's not a direct sequel. Like, you don't see what happens to Ash after what happens in the first movie. Well, you kind of like, do. Yeah, yeah okay. So yeah, it is... That last shot from the first movie. It is interesting, yeah, so... It's pretty much the first one. It's kind of like a remake, but yeah, it's still yeah, called the, Evil Dead 2. The first five minutes is just speedrunning the first movie, but like without the three other people. It's just him and Linda. That's kind of a thing with the movies, too. Like All of them, there are sequels and work chrono- chronologically with each other, but they're also very self-contained. You can watch one in a vacuum and still know what's going on completely yeah exactly i mean i kind of like that how all the movies like don't line up perfectly with their endings to like the beginning mm-hmm. of the next one like i don't know it, it just makes you feel like more it, it feels more unnatural and like i don't know subtly horrific i, I don't know how to describe yeah. it it also but, it, it yeah. feels like it feels like each movie is like an evolution of itself like yeah. evil dead 2 is kind of 
you know, because it's like six or seven years after the first one, like Sam Raimi had directed a movie between these two. I can't remember what it's called. I think it was like Crime Wave or something like that. I haven't seen it. But he directed another movie. So now he's like reapplying what he's learned from directing two movies and putting it into his third movie and pretty much just remaking his first movie. But with the knowledge that he's kind of uh, taken over the years. And you can definitely tell. Like, he's obviously kept the weird angles, the moving cameras, and stuff like that, and the excessive gore. But he's also kind of tuned a little with some of the stuff that wasn't that great in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said before, it's the first movie in reverse with an actual budget this time. I love the Ash hijinks in this one a lot more because <laughs> I feel like it's it it's a lot more like a Three Stooges cartoon because <laughs> you have him just like beating himself up. He's fighting his hand. He just like <laughs> just chainsaws it off and then it still becomes a villain because it's just like grabbing onto people. It comes back because it stabs Annie in the back. Yeah. Like it was... <laughs> Like, oh, my God. oh, it's so funny. And of course, you know, the iconic shot of him, like putting the hand under the bucket and then putting a stack of books on top of the bucket. And the top book just happens to be a farewell to arms. I it's lost like, my shit when I saw that. That was incredible. It's brilliant. Oh it's like, God. oh, man, come on. Yeah. Sam. Yeah. Everything with the hand is so great. Like just Bruce, when he's like knocked out and the hand is just like clawing on oh. the floor just to like to move his body. It's just, oh, my it's God. just. just the way he acts with just the hands is incredible. Like, I feel like in this one, Sam, like, just knew what he had with Bruce Campbell and, like, how mm. good of an actor he was, like, comedically. And <laughs> just, he let, he let him just run wild. It's with like, yeah. the entire first half of the movie is just Ash fucking around, and it's great. It, yeah, exactly. You it's see so the good. other people going to the cabin, but they're taking their time getting there. Everything else is just Ash just trying to not die yeah he gets turned yeah. into a dead eye himself and has to fight that back off he gets his hand infected he has all the other demons still running around um the famous laughing scene where everything in the room just starts fucking with him that laughing scene is easily one of my favorite scenes in the whole trilogy probably one of my favorite scenes in anything ever just like yeah it's so because so it starts off really funny how like he just falls over and like the demons just all start laughing and at this point in the movie like ash has just had it up to here and he's just like he just like goes along like he's broken now he's just he just starts laughing with all of them and just messing around and just it's he's pretty much accepted the insanity and that's awesome yeah is that before or after the stop motion dance sequence with Linda's body? Oh, I yeah. I think God. it was after. Because, like, yeah, okay, so yeah, the stop motion dancing scene was also really good because yeah. it's it's done really well, but it's also kind of funny just watching <laughs> the body of his dead girlfriend just dancing around and yeah. she looks like a Wallace and Gromit character. Yeah, so it's, like, it's like what you said. It's the perfect, like, mix of horror and comedy, like the, the absolute perfect balance. It's like, it's, so it's beautiful, but it's also just straight up mocking him. Like, you tried to kill me, but you fucked up. And yeah, exactly. So like, well, she's back. I don't know where she is, but she's yeah. back. Yeah. When he has, like, the head, like, trapped down, and then the body comes in, running in with the knife. Like, that was so good. Oh, Chainsaw. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, the body just, oh, God. And then, like, the black goop is going everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, There's just so, so many incredible moments in this one. 
Yeah. At first, I remember when I first watched this, and I was like not really a fan of the other characters because I'm like, who are these assholes? Like, why are they here? Yeah. But the longer they're there and the more stuff happens to them, I'm more just like, okay, this is actually really funny. Like, I, I, all, I always forget that uh, the character of Annie has like that other doctor character with her because he's the first guy to die yeah like i always forget he's in the movie and then he just becomes a deadite and is just like killing people it's awesome yeah and then like ash also returns into a deadite at one point so they have to stop him for real and then uh oh what was it it was like oh well like the the mother being like the first deadite yeah henrietta just like i buried her in my cellar and she just pops out and stop motioning it's awesome yeah it's like a reverse of the events of the first movie because like they're hitting those same beats but just in now in a new order and this time like to throw the twist in ash is now trapped there in the cellar with her and i know so it's two different actors playing henrietta so it's obviously there's the woman the old woman who plays her when she's actually the old woman but then when she's a deadite that's uh ted Raimi. so the uh was it hoffman in the spider-man movies oh nice yeah so he's like the one in like this fat suit yeah yeah (laughs) and something that i like to just overall in the series as a whole it's like both funny but also works is just ash's transition from just some guy to a full-on action hero it's because it happens over the course of three movies so like it's organic and it makes sense but then you also think about it for a little bit and you realize all this happened over the course of two goddamn days (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and that's that's what like when ash is actually like making jokes and just like and i mean this is a testament to like the third movie so we'll get to that but like when he's actually that like he's a lot more fun when he's like more of a dick and more of like because like I mean, he's been dealing with these people for like two goddamn days so like it makes sense that like he would just be kind of an asshole he's just like i'm sick of these demons fucking with me yeah swallow and you can see how more like capable and smart he's becoming with, with dealing with them like when um the one girl's like mother is like you know not in her demon form she's like please let me out and he just like puts his hand on her shoulder and he just shakes his head no like he he knows these demons tricks now he's just not dealing with this shit it's like interesting to see how capable he is now how he's not gonna fall for this shit again yeah it's good character growth from a movie that is not canon to this movie anymore but it, it makes <laughs> I think sense it, i think it's recanoned now recanoned okay because to get into that uh the rights for the movies are all kind of a little all over the place. Army of Darkness is owned by Sony, at, no Universal, I think, right? Universal, Universal. Yeah, Universal. Whereas the others, like Studio Canal, yeah, yeah, which is a shame. But I mean, when you start off in low budget, like that's it's inevitable. Like different. I mean, that's what happened to Marvel for a while. Like back in that's the nineties, yeah. they went bankrupt, and like the way they kept afloat was they sold the rights to different heroes to different studios, and that's why for years. Spider-Man was owned by Sony, and the rest of the characters were all owned by Paramount and Disney. And then that's why there's randomly 20- a Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie, which, <laughs> if you can believe it, is apparently the best Fantastic Four movie. Whoa! <laughs> well, after seeing the other three, sure, why not? And yeah. the best part is that movie was only made as a tax write-off. It was never intended to be released at all. Oh, Ooh, so they're boy. still doing this to this day. Oh, no, that was, this was back yeah. in the '90s. In any case. Uh, yeah, no, I I feel like for years I've kind of loved the first Evil Dead just because I 
really love it for how it was how it came together and i really respect it and so like i just always preferred it but i feel like the more times i watched two i think evil dead 2 is definitely my favorite of the trilogy just because it is the first movie more fully realized and i just feel like i'm laughing a lot more intentionally in this movie Whereas, like, the first one, I still love it because it's an important movie in my eyes and I love it wholeheartedly, but it is, a lot of my love for it is more so out of respect, whereas Evil Dead 2, I watch and I unironically enjoy. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think, the general, that is the general reaction, because Evil Dead 2 is mm-hmm. also my favorite of the three. Another thing yeah. I just noticed in general is just, like, there's also a lot more of a focus on, like, the actual deadites from this point on. Because in the first movie, a lot of the effects were actually just the trees. We didn't really talk about them as much. But, like, most of the stuff fucking with them is those trees. And they come back in this movie for, like, the end climax is the, the giant tree monster. Which, yeah, that thing which is looks amazing. incredible, yeah, from a practical effects standpoint. Yeah, it's just like this giant puppet. It's yeah. awesome. But yeah, also um, getting more of the actual... James, you finish first. Yeah. On on rewatch, I definitely like liked Evil Dead 2 a lot more. Like I think the first time I saw it, like you said, Hal, I, I was kind of like, eh, I don't care for these other people. Uh, I liked it better when it was just Bruce on his own. But like, honestly, yeah, watching it again this time, like I like what they do with these other characters. And like, I love the overall how everything like connects to each other and everything how it all wraps up it's just like yeah th- this is definitely like incredible um i'm gonna go against mm-hmm. the grain though and say and go against the popular grain not just uh the two of you and say the third one is my favorite which we'll get to but this one mm-hmm. is pretty close behind like they're almost yes. equal uh, in my eyes on this rewatch like, well i say excellent. general consensus but that doesn't mean that there aren't people who prefer army of darkness it's more a matter of what do you like more horror or action yeah, generally, right, if you basically. like action more, Army of Darkness is going to be your bag. And the, yeah. Gen- most people love all three. It's just a matter of right. what the favorite one is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I used to be Team Evil Dead. I'm Team 2 now. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's kind of like how you were saying, know. William, like with John Carpenter movies. Like when it comes to either horror or action, like some people prefer Halloween and The Thing. Some people prefer Big Trouble in Little China. So... I don't remember why I yeah. said that episode because it's been a couple months, but yeah, okay. something like well, that's that. What you, well, you definitely said that. I have, I have, I have proof. <laughs> I'm sure you have the receipts on this very channel. Go check that episode out. I guess we talk about the movie where Elvis swallows a microphone for two seconds. Yeah, Whoa. that's true. Mm. <laughs> okay. Which is a real thing that happened in real life. Yeah, no, I remember. He did that shit for real. I- <laughs> You know who else huh, swallowed true. something in this movie? Uh, I think it was like the other girl swallowed an eyeball after. Oh yeah, that shot was Bobby so Joe. good. Bobby oh, Joe swallowed God. an eye, and not only that, but Henrietta wanted to swallow uh, your soul. Bruce Campbell's soul. Yeah, I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow your soul. <laughs> swallow, He's just this. Like, swallow this. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so good. Swallow uh, this and groovy. Such good one-liners. And yeah. they only use them the one time each. I know, but that's what makes them special. Like, the fact that you just use them once. Absolutely. Okay, did we uh, have anything else we wanted to say about Evil Dead 2? I mean, uh, again, like, there's some nice foreshadowing, too, when you get, like, the actual, like, description of the book itself. You see, like, the the castle in the background giving, like, the lore, and then at the end of the movie, inexplicably, ashes transfer back in time. Hey, guess what? You see the castle now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's... that. 
I really found that interesting watching it again. I'm like, oh, so they were like hinting towards Army of Darkness, even though Army of Darkness didn't come out until like five years after this movie. So yeah, yeah they, 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 they like time. they talk about yeah. the hero in the book, and then Ash says like. Whoever he is, he did a terrible job of like beating these guys, <laughs> and then we find out it's him later. <laughs> he did a terrible yeah. job. Yeah, oh. um, yeah. I guess uh, a good thing to talk about here at the end would be the ending of this movie, since it leads into the next one. And just like this is the most batshit insane way for this movie to end. The like, fact that it yeah. seemingly comes out of nowhere. Yeah, there's this one. Uh, there's this one letterbox review that says like you could. I thought up a hundred different possible endings to this movie, and I never would have predicted that this would be the one that it end. How it yeah. ends? Yeah. <laughs> well, see, the funny thing about that is like when I was watching these movies for the first time, like I knew Army of Darkness was coming after Evil Dead Two, so like I kind of knew that like he would end up in medieval times. But yeah, looking at it like from an objective standpoint, it's just like oh yeah, like. Nobody would have guessed he would have transported. He would have gone back in time to medieval times yeah. <laughs> to get deadites off the menu yeah, along mm-hmm. with his car. Yeah, yeah. that fucking car. <laughs> it's it's yeah. crazy. Just the, the the last shot too, where he's just like, no, no, just yeah. it's like, holy fuck! Just give the, this guy a break after everything he went through in this movie. The extra ending transported back to medieval times like that's insane yeah this movie is just off the wall off the rails in the best possible way yeah so obviously this blu-ray i have this beyond high definition blu-ray i'm keeping it i love this cover art i love the movie it's a keeper so how where do you put army of darkness on your shelf do you put it in e for evil dead free or you put it in a for army i so currently my collection is kind of all over the place but when i do want to have stuff in uh alphabetical order i think i i think i used to put it in a but really as a film nerd and because it's the third movie i really do would i really would prefer just putting it with the other evil two evil dead evil dead movies so I think when I get it uh, all organized, yeah, I think Army of Darkness is just going to stay with the Evil Dead movies. That's That would be my answer, but I also have the first two movies in a steelbook, and I have the steelbooks mm-hmm. in a separate place. So I kind of have to have it in A for Army right now because it wouldn't make sense to put that in E. Yeah, yeah. no, that makes sense. Well, I mean, I have it on steelbook because – so this year uh, – was it shout factory did a 4k uh steelbook for army of darkness and i was like you know what i'm jumping on that so i pre-ordered it i got it like a week before it was was it a week i don't know It it was definitely before it was gonna be out on shelves and i was really excited i didn't end up watching it until like a couple days ago but i had it before it was out in stores and i got this sweet poster which is hanging up on my wall which is just like the cover and back cover of the steel book just in a rectangle and it looks awesome dude like the artwork is so good yeah shout factory always does that too with their releases they usually if you pre-order directly from them you'll get it like two weeks early and they usually have the Mm -hmm. limited edition posters like i have several posters from shout factory that in like my attic because they don't have room for them right now like i have kong 76 my bloody valentine two different friday the 13th ones uh, I think I have a poster for the 1960s Phantom of the Opera because huh. I when I bought that one I guess I bought it right after it just came out so they still had extras 
And this was before I was playing the video, because I just bought it separately on a whim, along with the 89 right. version, because it went back in stock. And like, oh, I guess I have a poster for this now. <laughs> I guess I have a poster for this mm-hmm. now. So anyway, we've moved on to Army of Darkness. Um, so I just want to double check. Which versions did you guys watch? Uh, I just have this old Ultimate Screwhead Edition Blu-ray. Okay. I don't know what year it came from. It's just, uh, it has from the director of Spider-Man and Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> Only those two movies. Yeah, nothing else. <laughs> I, okay, um, I, I yeah. understand putting Drag Me to Hell on there since that's a horror movie that Raimi did. But Spider-Man, that really... <laughs> At the very least, do Darkman. Or like, like at the or very no least. Evil Dead. Uh, that yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, I just uh, rented it off of YouTube movies, so whatever version's on there is the one I watched. I, I would assume the theatrical cut. Which what happened at the end of the one that you watched, James? Uh, yeah. What oh yeah, the get? alternate ending. Uh, yeah, no, the version I watched, he made it back to his own time. Okay, yep, so I watched the theatrical cut too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't oh rewatch. I know what the alternate cut alternate is. Ending. I know what it is. I've seen it before, but I didn't rewatch it for this. But yeah, again, Ash having a bad ending. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing. So even though, like, I apparently, like, that's the ending people prefer, or like, hardcore Evil Dead fans prefer the ending where he doesn't make it back. Whereas me, I kind of do prefer the ending where he makes it back because I feel like yeah, it's a good, like, way to end off the trilogy. To Absolutely, just to be like, yeah have him finally win at the end yeah and i mean like i like how he still screws up like he didn't recite the words correctly so there's like deadites in, at the hardware store like well, i didn't yeah. say every I, I single syllable but i character. basically said it yeah exactly like so like it's still him kind of screwing up but like at least somewhat he gets kind of a happy ending yeah Hell to the king baby Hell to the king baby like that's iconic like i would not trade that ending scene yeah. for anything i don't prefer either over the other it's just a matter of the way i see it the smart ending is the ending to army of darkness whereas the uh post-apocalyptic future ending is the ending to evil dead free yeah that's yeah. the that way i view it yeah, yeah that, that that's a good way of putting it but anyway so james you said this is your favorite of the trilogy you want to yeah. elaborate <laughs> uh basically this is just like a so fun like this is just a non-stop like Mm-hmm. thrill ride with so much like wacky comedy and like fun action um i think i also love this one so much because ash is his at his most entertaining in this one like just all the one-liners <laughs> just seeing him like get transported to this world and being like i don't give a shit about any of this just get me home <laughs> and, like yeah. all the one-liners he does like honey you got real ugly <laughs> oh my god just I, I find him so entertaining like evil dead 2 he was starting to become like a really fun central protagonist i really loved him in that movie but this one it's on a whole nother level like mm-hmm. i just am so was so engaged by his character in this one it's just and, a testament to how much bruce campbell himself has improved because it's been a literal 10 years since the first movie at this point so yeah. he just got so much more comfortable the two have just more experience so they can do yeah. a lot more yeah and overall, like, just the concept of this movie. Like, this is the most committed to the bit I have ever seen a movie be. Like, mm-hmm. it, it ends with him getting transported to medieval times. And, like, yep, that's that's what the third movie is about. Like, yeah. he doesn't, like, go back to his own time, like, immediately. Like, 20 minutes in or anything. Like, nope, this is a medieval movie about him it being trapped here. It doesn't back out, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Like... 
most sequels would probably back out of a situation like i remember me and william were talking before we started recording about the halloween movies and how like the end like i remember like the ending of halloween 4 ends with spoilers ends with a character uh killing somebody and the thought process is that they're possessed but then the start of halloween 5 they immediately backtrack that and it's not a possession it was just it was just oops something happened like so low like a lot of the time like that's just so frustrating but here like no it's like he's back in medieval times okay like yeah. they really go for that i mean if you yeah. want to talk about halloween and not committing uh the last 20 minutes of halloween ends <laughs> yeah that's Ooh. true that's very true uh yeah yeah but it's just like in the middle of this movie you, you gotta stop and think like how did we get to this point like based yeah. on just the first movie like i would never expect this to be the trajectory of the series but i know it's that's just that's what makes it awesome yeah, yeah like, absolutely and it does work like that's what that's another tricky thing is like just because you end up in a weird situation that's like you wouldn't have predicted like doesn't necessarily mean that it's funny but like that's what makes it work like it actually does work like ash being in medieval times sounds stupid but like they kind of know that and they're making it as entertaining as they can like that's the part that makes it good it was a smart idea to back off of the horror elements to lean into just action comedy there still are horror elements but they're also blend well with the fantasy elements because like you see all the skeleton warriors that is a horror trope but it's also a fantasy trope so it works Yeah. yeah that's that's one thing i definitely noticed is like you know with the first two you have these set characters and then they all die except for ash whereas like here nobody really dies in this one like you have a set amount of characters like you got the king you got uh sheila you got the wise man played by uh ian abercrombie fun fact he was on seinfeld and he was uh the replacement uh voice actor for palpatine in the clone wars oh yeah actually yeah so and he did that until like his death in 2012 in any case like they all survive like they're all there at the end with ash anyway so and i and i feel like at that point like because like i was saying like each movie is kind of an evolution of the last one so like like we kind of get it at this point like characters may die they may not die so they're just like you know what let's just keep these characters around because that's not what this movie is about and because it's it doesn't matter that much movie. either since he's going back to his own time at the end <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. it's like he does he te- the girl survives but it doesn't matter because like ash isn't staying there anyway yeah exactly. so he still doesn't get the girl <laughs> right she doesn't die it's just that it doesn't matter that she's still alive because he has to leave that's yeah. one of the interesting things i liked about this movie how like she doesn't like him at first and then she tried like there's that scene where like he's surrounded by all the women and he's like eating the grapes and the chicken leg and like she comes over to be like i hope you'll forgive me and he's like first you want to kill me now you want to kiss me blow yeah. <laughs> it's so such good. a good it's such a good subversion of that where it's not just like oh the man and the woman have to be together it's like he's just like you know what i'm not interested get out of here yeah and, you know it works both ways too because it's like on the one hand it doesn't matter, I'm going back to my own time, so shove off. On the other hand, yeah. it doesn't matter because I'm going back to my own time. Let's fuck. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Give me some sugar, oh, baby. Give me some sugar, baby. Oh, so good. Yeah. And like You brought up that the one guy was like the voice actor for Palpatine. Another more obvious uh, sci-fi connection is, of course, the, the 
Klaatu, Varad, and Nikto straight up just from yes. Forbidden Planet. Yeah, so oh, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so I remember when I... Was it Forbidden Planet yeah. or was it how the, Earth, how the Earth Stood Still? I know, it was How the Earth Stood Still, Forbidden Planet's Robbie the Robot. Yeah, Robbie okay, because I, I watched that... Uh, what was it? It was like... I don't remember when I watched that, but I watched that movie within the past year. And when they said that, said those words, I'm just like, oh, word? Like, that's from Army of Darkness. And then I'm like, oh, Sam Raimi, you motherfucker. You just <laughs> took the line from a science fiction movie and put it in this movie as a spell. Watching oh. Barada Necktie. Necktie. <laughs> it's, it's an N-word, for sure. <laughs> don't tell you on that. yeah (laughs) also one of my one of my favorite uh aspects so like there's that scene when he's in the windmill and he just randomly just throws a piece of a mirror on the floor and like all these tiny ashes start like coming yeah. out and just like totally fucking with them. It's like the, <laughs> so of the scene from the Evil Dead 2 where like he looks in the mirror and has himself pull himself in. It's like you expect that to happen in this one, but Ash is smart now. He breaks the mirror. So instead now a bunch of small ashes come out and we do Gulliver's Travels for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's one step forward, two steps back with him. Yeah. <laughs> And like, yeah, where they bury the fake ash, right? They do. It, so yeah, yeah. so, like, so obviously, so obviously, one of the little ashes, like he he, yeah, he swallows, swallows him accidentally, it it grows into <laughs> and, a new ash. Which which oh like it's really funny that scene where like you can definitely tell it's just obviously a head that they put on Bruce Campbell's shoulder. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a there's like an interesting shot. So like. Then they're they're separate, and then uh, Ash shoots him naturally. And there's a shot where like he's like dragging evil Ash, and you can tell like the guy being dragged is Bruce Campbell with like makeup all over his face. But like the guy who's supposed to be the real Ash dragging him, if you pay attention, it's not Bruce Campbell; it's some guy who looks <laughs> like Bruce Campbell, like. <laughs> And obviously, with the scene where like all the t- little tiny ashes are running around, like some of them are Bruce, are actually Bruce Campbell, and some of them are so obviously not Bruce Campbell. You like, fools who capture their stunt doubles. Yeah, it's literally, 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 just yeah, literally space balls. Well, like the nice. reason I'm asking because like they bury him. He puts the grave on the evil ash, right? Yes. So is the implication that like the guy who comes back to life later is supposed to be evil ash, or is it just unrelated? Well, so they buried evil ash and then yeah well when they oh because the main villain yeah that's that's bruce campbell so that's supposed to be evil okay, ash yeah because like when he t- talks oh. to show the first time the first thing he says to her is give me some sugar baby which is like okay i see where you're going here oh, oh I, actually I didn't never notice that wow oh so you guys didn't know that was supposed to be bruce campbell in that makeup well to be like... fair it's been like so many years since i've actually seen the movie okay okay yeah no like that's yeah, literally that that's what that is so like yeah he shoots evil ash he dismembers him he buries him and then stuff goes wrong and then yeah lightning strikes that grave and like that's when that guy forms like that's evil ash he's just been decomposing for five minutes but yeah. like now he looks like that huh. wow <laughs> like yeah, i, I never, caught that one because like, i saw the grave like isn't that where he buried evil ash because Army of Darkness yeah. on the re- was the one that I remembered the least about when I was doing these rewatches. Okay. So, like, okay, I see that. And, like, of course, the first thing he says when he gets going is, give me some sugar, baby. Which, 
Of course, yeah. Ash just said 20 minutes ago to Sheila. Yeah, no, that's that's Bruce Campbell as uh, the army general. That's evil Ash all, yeah. and all that makeup. And it also wow. That's interesting that you guys didn't know that. Yeah. I, I did kind of notice, like, he had very, like, Bruce Campbell-ish, like, mannerisms on this watch. Yes. And I was like, huh, I wonder if that's him. But, like, even then, I didn't, like, I didn't check afterwards. And I also didn't make the connection that that was evil Ash that just got buried, like five minutes ago i thought bruce campbell mm-hmm. was just playing a completely different character as the villain maybe mm. but wow okay yeah, that's yeah that's wild oh my god yeah oh speaking of the army like i just love the the skeletons how yeah. they're so obviously just being puppeted around yeah. and they're just like ah me lord they're here <laughs> they're to stab noises. the mortals yeah the, the stop oh, one of my, motion one of my... effects are so good if jason and the argonauts was a comedy yeah, one of my favorite skeletons is when Evil Ash is, like, walking through the graveyard, and he just slaps one of them on the head, and one of them goes, Thank you, sir! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, when Ash has his fucking death mobile and just mowing all the skeletons down and just walk into it. Yeah, they're just standing there, because they're just, like, plop, they're just propped right there, and <laughs> the windmill just slices them up. The yeah. dragon from Donkey Kong uh, is coming alive! Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's... this movie is so goofy like yeah and i like that i like that it's embracing the goofiness like at this point yeah you might as well like how many possessed deadites are in this movie i think it's like the one in the uh sarlacc pit uh at the beginning like when they throw yeah because there's the first one that's just already there and then like after he kills her there's a second one that just bursts out of a wall somewhere oh yeah like like when he's like eating the grapes with the women in that scene someone's possessed as well that too okay you shall never retrieve the necronomicon and then she faints and then it's just and then oh i love that line where he's like it's a trick get an axe yeah yeah (laughs) it's a trick send no reply yeah Again, he's, like, so ultra-capable at this point. It's just so awesome. This Even season. though in canon it's been, like, two days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, she-bitch, let's go. I like how the oh most technologically advanced man in the world right now is just a chem- is just a chemistry 101 student. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's, like, I... You know what? I It occurred to me, because I'm just, like... Because, like, he opens up his trunk and he has the chemistry 101 in there, and I'm like, why does he have a college textbook? It's like, oh... He's in college, right? Like, you forget because it's been 10 years since the first movie. But, like, it's not even anything all that impressive. It's Chem 101. Yeah, but, again, like, it's just just a random textbook in his trunk. It's like, oh, great, he's a college kid. I forgot. Because he just looks like a man now. Because he is. It's been 10 years. It's been 10 years. So... Uh, but I mean, yeah, no. And of course, he's working at Smart. He's just like some kid working at some s- stupid store. I like how yeah. no one S-smart. questions the robot hand either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just comes back and he just has a robot hand. No one asks yeah. about it either. It's like, what's the story? Of the yeah. Hand? How d- I, you know what? I will admit this time around. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Just because it's attached to him, like, how is it moving? But uh, <laughs> you don't think about that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the chainsaw doesn't even work in that regard because you have to keep holding it down, but that doesn't yeah, happen. You have to, you have to press the trigger in order to like have it work. But uh, it doesn't matter. It's a movie. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Have <laughs> it's fun. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. I think Ash vs. Uh, Evil Dead actually kind of explains it because like the guy worked on it a little more. Because mm-hmm. I think at the beginning of that show, he just has like a metal hand that's just, e- just eternally in like a gripping pose, and like the, <laughs> that episode first episode ends with like. Uh, I think his name is Pablo. 
I think, makes a new hand that actually, like, has, like, the proper veins and stuff to move. Okay, interesting. I mean, I guess, I mean, we never really questioned why Luke Skywalker could move his hand. Uh, I mean, that's, like, that's sci-fi, sci-fi stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. They were just like, ah, eh, space stuff. At least yeah, in that, so. it's, like, it's a TV series, so you actually have the time to explain that. And also, that takes place in, like, 2013 or something, so... Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then prosthetics have come a long way, like in real life. So yeah. Plus, Ash has sense. to kill a demon right now, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like we're we're not here for the scientific evaluation of Evil Dead movies. Like we're here to watch Ash, uh, say Boomstick. Yeah, and he does. You primitive mm. screwheads! This is my Boomstick. <laughs> my Boomstick. Oh, Friday yeah. that smart. Shop smart. <laughs> Shop that smart. Who are you? I love. I'm that. Ash. Housewares. And all these medieval people just have no idea what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. (laughs) It's like Uh, the evolution to him being an action hero is just incredible. You get the iconic shot of him jumping up in the air to connect the chainsaw. Which, why did they even let that guy throw the chainsaw in there? I know, but it, it's uh, a great shot. Yeah, it's just being so like, ah, chainsaw. It's there because it needs to be there and it looks cool. So, here you go. We need it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and he chops off the deadite's hand, and it like goes flying, and it fully, like suction cups onto like that one guy's mouth, like oh, it's and everyone's just fantastic. having a great time. <laughs> yeah, then, now people are like cheering him on. It's like okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> well, I guess it's like that scene in Shrek when like everyone's booing him, but then like when yeah. he starts beating up all the knights, then they're like, oh, we're into this now. The chair, give him the chair. So when's Shrek coming into the the series? Oh, you hmm. know they would do that at some point. <laughs> Now, Donkey, yeah. this is my boomstick. <laughs> I'm surprised. Do you, do you think Shrek made any Army of Darkness references, or they probably didn't? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I feel like at no. most yeah. they would just say, like, Screwhead or something. Yeah, probably. Okay. I don't know. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to say about Army of Darkness? It's just, uh... like, it's the... It probably had, I think it had the biggest budget, so it's just the biggest one. Like, it's called Army of Darkness. It's a literal army. Well, the funny thing about it, having a bigger budget, like, its budget is only $11 million, But, like, that would be the biggest budget out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it still yeah, probably made a lot really more, too. Yeah, makes the most of that, that budget. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, like, so impressed with, like, all the effects in the final battle. Like, all the stop-motion skeletons running around. It's just, like, the castle set. Like, all of it just looks really, really cool. It looks really cool and it looks really quaint. Like it doesn't lose that charm that the yeah. first movie had. Like it ha- like it definitely does not look like it's all real. Like, you know, a similar battle scene like this would be like Lord of the Rings. Like all that stuff looks genuinely legit. Yeah, like this isn't comparable to that, but just yeah. That's also on, yeah. Like, on the level of this franchise, it's like a step up in terms of like Oh yeah. All the Complete effects step and everything. Up. And it, it's it's just really neat to see. And if you want to talk about Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson, at the very moment that this movie was being made, was doing, like, Dead Alive and Brain... and, like, Bad Taste. Right, so... Uh, So he was on, like, where... Peter Jackson was where Sam Raimi was ten years prior at this point. Yeah, so he was was on his way. Which, an unrelated thing, like, to talk about Peter Jackson real quick, you know what got him in, like, the door for New Line to be able to do Lord of the Rings eventually? Uh, he wrote a no. screenplay for what would eventually be the sixth Nightmare on Elm Street film. It went unused, but what he wrote, the Brass and New Line liked, so they kept in contact with him. 
Oh, and that's nice. what eventually got him in the door there to do Lord of the Rings later. I mean, when you look at bad taste and you think like, oh, this guy eventually made Lord of the Rings, you're just like crazy. You look at me but, the I mean, feebles it's... and say, <laughs> how did he do that? I mean, I mean, you could say the same thing. You look at Evil Dead, you look at the Evil Dead, and then you say this guy eventually went on to make Spider-Man. So you yeah. look at Ash, all... you look at Bruce Campbell fighting his own hand in Evil Dead Two. Like, damn, and this is the same guy who would play Pizza Papa in Multiverse of Madness. Pizza Papa <laughs> always gets paid. A movie in which he fights <laughs> his own. Ha- wait a minute. Hey. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Raimi, you hack. <laughs> well, he did hack it off. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Mm, true. <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, this steel book that I got from Shout Factory or Scream Factory, which is really funny that Scream Factory is their horror associate or whatever. Yeah, it's, mm. it's the same company. It's just the label they put it under. I know. Yeah. yeah. So in any case, this is an awesome steel book. It looked great in 4K. I I'm keeping this movie. I. We'll can't wait to watch all the other different versions of this movie on the other discs. But for now, I watched the theatrical cut because that's the one I'm more familiar with, and it looked great, so it's a keeper. Yeah, I don't know what the differences in the yeah. other versions are because that yeah. you telling me that was like the first time I heard like, oh, there's an international cut. What's the difference? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. As far as like alternate versions, it's like, uh, to go back to Evil Dead 1 quick, uh, it gave me the option for both aspect ratios. So I watched that one in 4 free because I figured, well, that's what it was made as. Right, exactly. Uh, Evil Dead 2, I don't think, gave me any options because that's just, it just is the movie. Because I don't know if there are any alternate versions of Evil Dead 2. Do you know if there were, if there were any? I feel like there... <sighs> I feel like maybe I made made it up, but like I don't think so. I don't think I think the version that we have, or the version that most people know, is the version that we have. Like, I don't think there is another version of Evil Dead Two. Yeah, I think it's just this. Just is maybe there's like a censored version, of like Britain or Australia. But other, like, why would you want that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, why? Cringe. <laughs> a quick thing that they just go back to like the very first movie is that like originally it was going to be called Book of the Dead. But it got changed because uh, the people who distributed the first movie were, was the same production company, the same distribution company that distributed Night of the Living Dead, which was another okay. low-budget horror movie that became a very iconic thing. And they actually mm-hmm. said, we'll take this movie, but we just got to make one change, and then they called it The Evil Dead. I th- kind of prefer the title of Evil Dead because I think it's just so funny. Like, what does that mean? The Evil yeah. Dead. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so basic and plain, but like, so is it's Book of the so Dead. goofy. Yeah, Book of the Dead, sure, but I don't know. Evil Dead just sounds funnier to me. Yeah. So and and this so is too. a funny series, so I kind of prefer that. You yeah. want to know? You know what else is funny though with the Book of the Dead? Uh, I mentioned this to you before we recorded, but uh, so a uh, fun fact. Okay, so Jason goes to hell. That's the, yes. the weird Friday the Thirteenth, where like Jason is apparently an evil demon worm that body swaps with everybody. So at okay. one point, uh, they the people trying to stop him find both the Necronomicon and the weird dagger thing on, like, a table somewhere. They just make a quick cameo. And the reason okay. they're there is because they were friends with some of the people that worked on the movies, so they just, like, put them there as a cameo. But it be, it results in the implication that the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash comics would later confirm is that when Jason died in the lake the first time, his mother... Use the Necronomicon 
to bring him back to life. So Jason is effectively a deadite. And I think they actually use the dagger to help stop Jason in the end of that movie. And, uh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So it's kind of like how in Predator 2 you see like an alien, you see like a xenomorph skull in the background. Yeah. And then that eventually led to like the Alien versus Predator franchise. None of the movies actually do anything with that. It's just like in the comics at that point because originally the idea for the sequel to Freddy versus Jason was going to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. That film fell through, but they used like the screenplay to turn into a comic. And then that comic got a sequel comic, in which case, at one point, Freddy uses the Necronomicon on Jason to bring him back to his prime self, because by that point, Jason is beat the fuck up and, like, falling apart. So Jason gets like, <laughs> so Jason gets brought back to his prime, and he has a nice flowing head of hair, like 80s rock star <laughs> hair, and the phrase Freddy uses to do that is Claude Verada Nicto, and then Freddy becomes president. <laughs> Uh, he, he, he addresses the American public saying, It's time for my State of the Nightmare address. I'm instituting a new program. No child left alive. <laughs> so then all these... Oh so Ash Williams then has to lead a raid on the White House with all the survivors from both Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street to stop Freddy and Jason. This sounds like an awesome comic series. I need to read it now. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> incredible. That's awesome. And, like, Jason gets it to say his first words. Oh, what are they? Die. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know what? That does not surprise me. Okay. Do you have anything else you wanted to say? Because I was going to uh, start the wrap up. Uh, do you know about Evil Dead the musical? Uh, <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> uh, it was like an indie musical back in, like, uh, the late 2000s. I've known about it for a while. I think Bruce Campbell, like, like endorsed it. He wasn't involved with it, but he, was, like, endorsed it later on. And uh, okay. it sure is something. Uh, the most One of the most iconic songs is What the Fuck Was That? <laughs> Where, like, it was, it's Ash and Scott just trying to rationalize what the hell just happened to Linda and other girl. All right. You know what? Nice. You really turned me around on this, uh, actually. There's, like, a big dance number called Do the Necronomicon. Uh, the final number in the show is called Blew That Bitch Away when he's, like, at S-Mart at the end because it recreates that scene from Army of Darkness. Okay. And, like, uh, the final instrumental roll call scene and uh, at the very end, after everyone does a roll call, Ash steps forward and just says, Groovy. And that's the end. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, yeah, you actually really turned me around on this. I don't remember no. too much about it, but, like, I just remember those key songs. No, that that's awesome. That, that, so, look, do you, you can, screwheads you believe me. I can fight Kandarian demons now? <laughs> well, I'm convinced. What the fuck was that? It's the Evil Dead! <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we should uh, wrap it up. We've been going for over an hour now, so. Yeah. But yeah. that's okay, because you know what? We had a lot to say. I think we said what we could. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Uh, again. William. Yeah, again. This is the second yeah. time. William, uh, shout out what stuff you want to shout out. Uh, the part six of the BoJack review me and James are doing should be out soon. And uh, after that, we haven't really talked about it publicly, but we are going to do, like, a, a super cut of all of them together. Mm, and just to yeah. force you guys to watch it, there's going to be new stuff in the super cut. So have uh-huh. fun watching all six of them again, motherfucker. 
it's the perfect scheme. Give us perfect give us your scheme. fucking money. Yeah. Okay. Uh James, shout out your stuff if you want. Yeah. Uh you can find me at Schaeferless Productions and whatnot. Uh check out Space Chris Seven because I stream with Chris and the gang on Sundays and Mondays. And yeah. Sunday, uh, Monday, Sea King, Sea King. Woo, Sea King. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's about it. Uh, channel links in the description, probably. Yeah, channel links in the description, definitely. Yeah. If I get to them. No, I'll get to them. I, I usually am pretty good at that. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming on the podcast, and thank you all out there, the audience, for listening to us ramble about the Evil Dead trilogy. As far as I'm concerned, these are the only Evil Dead movies to ever exist. Uh, we're not... Okay, thank you all. Bye. Hail to the king, baby. Mario.